It was separated. When Lauryn Hill rapped, she rapped. It didn't have melody in it. It was a full-on rap. When she sung, she sung her ass off. Like some of these newer people we're talking about cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, Jesse made another one. Hey, what's going on, y'all? I'm your host, Brandon Jinx Jenkins, and welcome back to another episode of the Rap Caviar Podcast, which you can watch exclusively on Spotify. This week, we're digging into the shift in boundaries of genre, and to do that, I got a couple friends with me. So, she's an R&B and hip-hop reporter for Billboard, who's also been featured in The Hollywood Reporter and The Huffington Post, Head on Mamo. What's up? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You see you glowing? I see you. You see it? Next up, of course, we got him in here. He holds all the keys to all things Rap Caviar, the head of Urban Music and Creative Director here at Spotify, Carl Cherry. No words. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy here has numerous awards, multiple Grammy noms, and too many hits to name. It's Ty Dolla Sign. What's the deal? What's up, y'all? It's good. It's this fly that keeps on flying by me. <laughs> I, don't I, slap him. Must be the shit. <laughs> so I, I see him right now. Do I kill him? <laughs> kill him. I'll save the flies, man. Well, don't I say don't. it now. I'm like... <laughs> 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 All right. Look, the boundaries of genre are as fluid as ever in 2022. Many artists shift in and out of a variety of sounds, and fans seem open to going on these journeys with them. So I want to get into the value and importance of genre for both artists and fans and what these dissolving boundaries mean for where we're headed. So I feel like the first question I have to ask you guys is like, I feel like we all grew up in a time where there was like, you might even go to a radio station that was like a rap station, or there was an R&B station, or you'd go to a store where you could actually like buy music in real life, and music was split up into sections. But I feel like as we all got older, those boundaries first started to blur. So for anyone that wants to jump in here first, what's the first time you were listening to an artist and you felt like you couldn't tell what genre they were in? First time? I don't know if you want to take it back, back to like Prince. He wow. was doing all types of different, you know, rock and roll slash R&B slash yeah. everything. He was just the guy. Damn. you Michael like, as well. He did so many different things. He'd almost hop genres between projects, right? Like, he would rap. He would do everything. Yeah. I think, um, I was thinking much more modern. Those examples, like, really open up the discussion. I think for me, I remember Kid Cudi. Like, I remember mm-hmm. Cudi. Cause I thought of that first, too. I remember that double XL cover where I had all the new school rappers that was about to come up. I think it was like the freshman cover 2009 and had like Asher Roth on there. Wale was on there, but Kid Cudi was on there and he was rapping, but not really. He was doing something a little different around that time. Yeah. I would say uh, Kid Cudi, my brother, he uh, always leaned on alternative to me, but still has some rap to him. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to do just what I want. Looking ahead, no turning back. If I fall, if I die, no one lived it to the fullest. Carl, what about you? Cuddy's a good example. I, there's a precedent for it, right? He, like, Andre already had a rap foundation. Mm-hmm. So even though, like, even though The Love Below is not a rap project, like, he was still rooted in hip-hop. But I think Cuddy is probably the first time that you heard someone that was being introduced as something you weren't capable of labeling accurately. Yeah. Early Cuddy was more borderline. And then the more we got to know him, the more he stretched the boundaries. Yeah. So Cuddy's a good one. He said back, back, like, I think we we were either not alive or, like, too young to comprehend genre, genre boundaries when, like, Michael or Prince were doing it. 
Yeah. Also, I think the time when I first peeped what they were doing, they were just so great. I almost didn't even notice. Yeah. Like, and it felt like also, I think a lot of their roots to me felt like it came through um, kind of the R&B pipeline, right? Like even Prince, who's I think even more genre bending than Michael. But um, when it came to rap, it felt like there was almost like rules that came with genre. Um, you're working at Billboard. You're working here at Spotify. What is the value of genre in your day jobs? Like, do you guys, have you guys ever even questioned like why we have genre? Oh, like every day. I just don't understand anymore because like, like Steve Lacey, for example, like his latest album, it's on the rock charts, alternative charts, R&B, hip hop album charts, like cats are just doing everything. And what's the value of saying, no, you belong in this one box or maybe you get two boxes. Like if you're spanning shit, then just let them rock with that. Like who are we to say like, no, you can only do one thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Do you feel like it's limiting in that way? Like, when we see someone arrive in a certain presentation, what is the friction that comes with that, right? I understand what you're saying. I think I think there's two things going on. I think I've been part of a conversation that no one cares about genres for a while now. Mm-hmm. But then because I work in streaming, I'm seeing proof that people still do because we have playlists where we get results if we playlist a certain song that fits a certain aesthetic, it performs better than another song okay. who presents another aesthetic. Um, I still think it's true. I, I, I just think that there's people who only like rap still. That still exists, mm-hmm. right? There's people who only like R&B or like a sprinkle of those other genres into you know, what they mainly consume. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of com- it's complex. When you say that you find like artists that have success in this category, like it's it still works. What do you mean by that? Like, is it about like aesthetic? You know, is it about like this artist? Like, what what pushes those artists that maybe aren't rapping to the rap category? I'm so glad Ty's here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you you have to have a foundation. I think imagery, I think the references, I think sh- song structure, I think production. But the reason why we're here is because it's all blended, right? Yeah. Like, the one thing that I hope we go over is the root of hip-hop and R&B merging, which has to go back all the way to the 90s with, like, Bad Boy Puff and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. People forget that those genres, as intertwined as they are now, used to be separate. Well, the funny thing is, like, I think the Billboard charts, if I'm not mistaken, at one point didn't have a, a rap category. Like, it was For just sure. R&B, and every, as rap started to pop up and chart, they were like, oh, shit, what do we do with this now? So they started throwing them in the R&B category, and then eventually they had to split them up and make, like, a hip-hop chart yeah. for artists. But you get guys like Puff, he was always mixing and mingling them. I'm thinking about, like, whether he's actually putting rappers on R&B songs, or he has, like, you get to some of Mary's old stuff, right? And it's like, it's singing, but then it might be, like, rap interludes and rap mixed in with there. I'm thinking about TLC's, like, the album opens up with like what, like Fife? I'm checking for left eye, man. Oh God, G. I don't know God, I don't know God, I don't know God, I don't really, really know. Check the flow. Yeah, it's like so. There's always a dance between the two parties, but I'm talking more about like artists where it's it might even be confusing. Ty, I feel like you're a perfect example. Like I feel like yo, all right. Fly, <laughs> man. Got a one eight seven in man. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I can't get him. All right. <clears throat> yeah. Ty, I feel like you're a perfect example. I feel like um, you play across multiple genres, but do you feel like you get pushed towards a certain category 
And do you feel like that has changed over time? Like some days you're over here, some days you're over there. And how do you feel about it? For me, I'm just the type that uh, I like so many different types of music and I've studied so many different types of music. Like when I brought up Prince and Michael, because when you bring up something like that, I'm the type that likes to go to the source. Like where do all of these other people get it from? Like who was starting it? Like even if we want to talk about ad-libs, we can go back to James Brown. James Brown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is a difference for sure. But rap has changed now like back in the 90s or whatever there was like dudes that just straight up rapped and there was people that just straight up singed now it's like there's rap singers you know what i mean yeah i'm probably one of them (laughs) there's a lot of people that do mad melodies with the rapping and that didn't used to be like you know yeah so i like people that could do all of it or people that stick to one thing certain certain people are like that you know i heard like my homie thundercats uh pops told me one time you could like be good at everything or you could be the best at one thing, you know? Damn, yeah. So to piggyback on that, I think there's people like Ty who pull off all these genres at a high level and there's people that's dabbling and just saying like, oh, this is my R&B album just because I'm doing melody. No, yeah. like mm. Ty is a rare example of someone who can be playlisted in Rap Caviar and no one bats an eye or in R&B and no one saying anything. Yeah. I remember, I don't know if Ty remembers this, I hosted, like, uh, his release party when I was uh, working at Beats. Yeah. And we had to do an interview. And I remember calling Ty a hybrid, right? Because he does Paranoid, which is melodic, mm-hmm. not quite R&B, clearly hip-hop influence, uh, solid, yeah. right? So I remember he corrected me, right? He was like, nah, I'm R&B. But you're doing Blase. <laughs> Blase is not an R&B song. Started from the ground. But I say that because I grew up listening to shit like Wu-Tang and, and the RZA would say like niggas is out here making all this melodic rap, rapping bullshit, da-da-da-da-da, Mother Goose, da-da-da, whatever he said. Yo, so y'all niggas who think you're gonna become an MC overnight? You know what I'm saying? You better snap out that fucking dream, man. It takes years for this. You cat in the head ass rappers. You Dr. Seuss, Mother Goose. Simple minded. Not running up on niggas with all that whack shit. So I don't consider myself as a rapper, a dude that just speaks with, like, on some tone shit, not mm-hmm. on no note shit. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I consider myself not a rapper, because there's always a note behind everything I do. And even on Paranoid, there was background stacks and, like, Jodeci type shit, you know? How do you consider yourself? Like, what would you call yourself? I consider myself a rap singer and a real singer. <laughs> yeah, that's but never a like real singer. But never like a, a, a full-on rapper. Word. You know? What comes with rap singing, right? Because I feel like that's like that sound has grown in popularity over the last like decade to the point where if we do look at the charts, we find it in whether it's like Billboard charts, Spotify playlisting. Um, there's a lot of it. Like you could get through the first just ten, and you're like, yo, everyone is bringing melody into it, but I don't know if they all consider themselves rap singers. Yeah, Rod Wave is a good example, right? I had a conversation with someone at Spotify that hit me on the side. It was like, do we put Rod as R and B? And I was like, no. He's a rap singer. I literally used those words. And I said, the R&B purists will kill us if we put Rod Wave 
in the R&B category. Again, no R&B purist is going to have a problem with Ty Dolla Sign presenting himself as an R&B singer. So for you, like, if... Well, I wave can't sing his ass off, though, I'll be... <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying. I, like, I can hear it. But I see what you mean, <laughs> where, where Where do you see, like, when you guys are... Um, not even just, like... I know you're not, like, literally tinkering with the charts at Billboard, right? And if you are, I'm going to drop a single and you're going to make me go one. But, like... When you guys are starting to like, when you guys are starting to um, like, even just dissecting the music, writing about it, uh, do you guys find like this conflict trying to figure out where someone goes and what is that conflict? Is it about like being true to the history of a genre, or is it about like, like where exactly do we slot this person because maybe they live on a certain chart, right? Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, like we do have separate like rap charts, R and B charts, and we have R and B and hip hop charts. But then at the same time, it's like there's people like Ty who like can fit into both. And then there's some that like, no, they're way more like, you know, on the rap charts. But like, like the Post Malone album, for example. I mean, Post Malone in general, I don't even know what that genre is. He does everything. But then you get what Republic is saying the album is. And then you hear the album, you're like, I might be able to identify like two or three rap songs. So like, is this now a rap album? Because you don't call post is Post Malone a rapper? I would. Is he a rap singer? Is he a singer? So I, I think that makes me wonder how much of this is just marketing, right? And what I mean by marketing is like, yo, the rap charts are clear right now, and I can if I make this a rap album, I could sit number one on that chart, right? Or I could rise to the ranks of that, or I could like ha- own the discussion in rap, right? Versus maybe it's a heavy it's a heavy year for R and B. I, I or think, vice versa. I think, sorry, because you're all jinx. Um, I think some of it is definitely marketing and messaging, right? I mm-hmm. think Don Tolliver is someone we need to talk about, right? Um, mm-hmm. Look at his first two albums. Can we really truly make the distinction between the two projects, right? The, the, the way he uses melody and sings. After Party, I think, fits more closely into something I would categorize as hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Then No Idea or like Cardigan, like he's singing. I know, I know, I know that you're drunk. Yeah. He was intentional about messaging, this is my R&B album on the second album. We were having conversations as editors behind the scenes and we're like, what do we do? Like, do we just, just, do you just come over here to the R&B side? The other thing to think about, when you let rappers just do melody and get playlisted on R&B playlists, there's not that much real estate to support R&B. So you're going to just slot all these rappers and take up real estate? That what do you mean benefit? when you say that? There's not that much real estate. There's, well, think about how many outlets out there cover hip-hop, right? Yeah. We're on a Rap Caviar podcast right now, right? Yeah, yeah, Supporting yeah. Supporting hip-hop mostly. There's more playlists that support hip-hop. There's more outlets that cover um, rappers. Is there a lower barrier of entry to get into hip-hop? And like, yo, I really do want to sing, but I know like I could catch a wave over here and jump in that way. You know what I mean? So Blast is an interesting one, right? Mm-hmm. Yo, it, everyone is like, it's weird because he's clearly singing. He's clearly singing. It's Aaliyah samples. If it's something on your mind, let me in. Hey, no. I be hoping that the vibe never ends. I just hope you know that I understand. That you don't want to be alone. I think we have to talk about image, right? You look at someone and they fit the idea of what a rapper is. I think that influences the way you process the it's music. The, it's the image, it's the music, and the vocal. So when we talk about Don Tolliver and After Party, it's like the music was hip-hop, it was club, it was like 
Yep. Turn up time, you know? But he still had melody over it. Yeah. But you can't consider that like R&B because it's like the beat, the mood that it puts you on. I feel like it's, R&B is a mood. And I think R&B is hard. I'm not saying rap's not hard. Like, this is a rap caviar podcast. But I feel like, I want people to be like, oh, they're going to cut that clip and make some shit. But I feel like, yo, there's people who can sing and there's people who can't. Like, there's a barrier of entry. You could want that all you want. But if you can't, if you can't carry a note, if you can't get there, that's a fact. I, well, no, but I agree. I think, I think that's why I named Ty as one of the few artists who are able to sit in both genres in an authentic way, and no one questions it. I think Drake's another example of someone who can make legitimate rap music, legitimate R&B. Childish Gambino's proven that he could do the same thing. You feel like there's a separation when they present you something. This is a rap song. Mm. This is an R&B song. There are artists where you're literally questioning, like, what is this? And we're, we're all, quote-unquote, experts. Like, I don't like to claim it because nobody's perfect. But, <laughs> yo, I legit have moments where I listen to something that's like, I don't know what this is. Drake really influenced this, right? But within the same verse, somebody like Drake, Bryson Tiller, or Black can have two bars where he straight-up raps. Mm -hmm. The next two bars are in between. And the next two bars are him singing, singing. yeah. Yeah. If they do that throughout the song, what is the song? Maybe it doesn't matter, but it's still confu not confusing. But I think I think for me, talent, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, when it comes to rap, is that rap has inherent rules, right? Like, and there are rules that come in rap down to your image, your content. Um, we've all heard that. I don't know if it still stands today, but like you're writing your own shit, which is a completely different idea and paradigm than uh, creating a song or singing or R and B. So rap has certain rules to it, and I feel like if you come into the rap field, it's uh, it's much more constricting yep. of like what you can and can't do. And you brought up image. How much of this is confusion over like like how much does race play a part? Where you're like, yeah, artist is black, you know, and you're like, yo, so like, do we just push them over there closer to rap? Plays a big part. Look at when Nas X dropped his first country song. They weren't mm -hmm. trying to give him the country vibe, you know? Right. He made Old Town Road. It had country sensibilities. It felt like a rap song, and all the rap was fighting for him. We like, yo, man, put him on the charts. Like it was like a big deal. Yep. Who came up? Was it like a uh, not Tim McGraw? Who was the dude who came? Uh, was it Miley Cyrus's pops? Yeah, he came through and was like, yo, Cyrus. gave him the stamp, gave him the cosign. But we were claiming little Nas X. But then some of his songs that followed after aren't necessarily rap songs. Some of them are. Some of them aren't. Do you feel like we have this like the rap community? Even the black community has this like desire to pull people into rap and claim them, and then we kind of hold them to the standard like you got to rap. Yes, because to me, I would say his music is more leaning towards making pop music. Yeah, you know, it's not trying to make rap or like some hood shit. Yeah. So, I, I think part of the support for Lil Nas X had more to do with the controversy of being left off the charts. It's like you're not telling us where we could, we could do anything. Yeah. I think that's part of the reason we claim them more than like, oh, this is a rap song. Because you want to talk about blurring genres, I don't know what to call Old Town Road. I don't think it's a straight-up hip-hop song. Nah. Even when y'all talking about Post, like, is it is it rap? Is it, you know? So definitely plays a big part. I'm curious. So, like, you at the charts, right? <laughs> a lot of pressure from Jinx today. Yo, I mean, yo, we got we, we brought the experts in. I'm curious. I'm not gonna ask you to speak for the company. I don't want you guys to get an uh, email. But like, what was the conversation around it? Because it it was actually confusing, right? The audience is gonna have their own ideas about where it should go. But like, it has to. It eventually lands somewhere. Right. I mean, 
I wasn't at Billboard at the time when that was happening, but I feel like there's always conversations like, okay, let's look at this one song. Is it 50% or more this one genre? Mm-hmm. Then can we claim it? Can we say, oh, now it goes in the country chart. Now it goes in the rap chart. I feel like, you know, I mentioned Steve Lacey earlier. You don't really see niggas going in rock, alternative, and R&B and hip-hop. Yeah. And I feel like Lil Nas X was like, it felt like a glitch in the system where it's like, wait, we don't know what this is. The country too? Like, but then you see a post and like, he can go anywhere. You work with posts a lot. Have you all ever had that conversation about where your music sits in genre and like how people like us, the audience, consider you? I never had that conversation with him. But to me, I feel like for the songs that we've done or the songs that have played in the hip-hop world, it's sing rap for mm. him. I've never heard him do an R&B song. Psycho, Psycho was on hip hop playlist. Yeah, you know what I mean, do you feel like artists benefit from the idea of genre? Like, is there like an inherent benefit that comes from it, or is it like because I feel like it can be constricting? We're talking about the ways that it can like hold you back, but do you feel like there's like inherent benefit when you like they slot into a specific category? Yeah, I mean, even Ty said this with what Thundercat said. Like, you can either be like good at everything, or you could be great at one thing. So I feel like you could be like a master of one if you really, truly think you're making that music, you know, in its purest form. But also I think like, and this is something we haven't touched on, but like with certain genres, like there's a history behind it. Like you want to carry on that history that comes with making that kind of music. I mean, the difference between Drake's house album and Beyonce's house album is that Beyonce is writing a history lesson with, you know, the Chicago house, the 70s disco, you know, giving back to like black, queer and trans people that, you know, are the propagators of this kind of music. And to just say, oh, it's just all dance or, you know, it's Beyonce. So it's automatically R&B or it's automatically pop or it's hip hop because she's rapping a couple bars like it takes away from that history. So I feel like that also has to be considered when someone's making a project and it kind of fits into the greater scheme of that type of music. I'm wondering, like, when you see those things happen, like, how much is, like, when we see an artist want to do something different, right? Like, you might want to pivot on this next album. And we feel like there's people, there's always this push and pull because, like, you do this genre, which I don't know if, I, I don't remember, I was way too young, just I enjoy Michael's music, but I don't know if there was pushback as he jumped through genres. I feel like it happens a lot in R&B when you want to go do something different and happens especially a lot in rap when you want to do something different. Like, don't be rapping three projects and then, like, hit a note and everyone comes to you. I mean, we've seen that argument. It's diluting now. People care less. But it's, that's, like, one of the oldest arguments in rap. Think about the early pushback to Drake, Cuddy. Um, now you find artists that are, like, making drill records, but they, like, kind of singing a little bit on a drill record. And that, that's not, come on, like, you'd never imagine that 10 years ago, five years ago. Yeah. Um, I'm into that a lot, blending two genres together, trying different things to just try something new because I'm tired of all the same shit back to back to back. So what can we do new? So that would be interesting to see somebody pull that off crazy. I'm just trying to think back of... I'm trying to time travel to 2009 So that's to, to remember the pushback you're talking about. It's almost about. hard to rethink it, right? Yeah. Because we just accept this shit now. But like, there was a minute where like... Yo, like, I still think about the Drake beef and, like, the Ghost Rider rumors and all that shit and how that was, like, a real issue for that year. Now, like, I don't think people really care. We can see the credits now. We just, like, pull out the app and look. 
you don't have to even look through the liner notes. It's right there. And I think like, so this is what I'm, I'm saying about genre blending is like, Drake has rules that make sense to make the best song he wants to make, period. Right? More collaborative, more thoughtful. But then rap has its own rules. And once you break that genre, those rules of that genre, it's almost like you're attacking the genre. Same when you're saying like with house music. Once you start to break some of those rules, it's almost like you're diluting the genre. And people are fighting for this. And I'm like, what's that fight? You know? Yeah. Was there really pushback though? What? You don't remember? Because <laughs> I'm thinking about who came before him, right? Lauryn Hill was rapping and singing. Missy was rapping and singing. It wasn't the same. I know yeah. it wasn't the same. Maybe it's revisionist nah, history on my part. That right? was but, at the same time when it was separated. When Lauryn Hill rapped, she rapped. It didn't have melody in it. It was a full-on rap. When she sung, she sung her ass off. Like some of these newer people we're talking about cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of it. It's like, and then it's like you have these the lowering of the barrier of entry, right? Where like now you got more people singing and you're like, should you? You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, should you? Or even people decide that they're gonna rap. It's like sometimes it comes off a little played or it comes off like you're pandering or you're not respecting the history. Yeah. You know what's funny about should you? Yeah, a lot of them people should not sing. But <laughs> I think it's the standard now. Can you survive as a rapper if you don't incorporate some kind of melody into your music? I think the answer is no. Like, look at people like Kendrick and Cole who came in built more from a traditional mold. Yeah. They've increasingly incorporated melody into their music. It might even work if you go back to the old way and just get a real singer to do the hook. Which is, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 we got to talk about that. Yeah. This is a hook man for hire right here. Like, the last of that tradition where, like, oh, I'm getting this person to do the hook. I ain't accepting no more applications. <laughs> <laughs> Like, but 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 that that's a that's a time honored like hip hop tradition. I'm gonna get the hot R and B guy, the hot R and B girl on my hook. So happen as often. Right. I'm trying to think how to phrase this question, but um, I've talked about this with people about trap music, right? And I'm gonna just I'm gonna cue it up this way, like when hip hop has like the storied uh, skill of sampling music. That shit's expensive. Trap music is considerably more affordable to make. Right, you don't got to go through clearances. It it lessens the process. Yo, you want to get tie on your hook? It's going to cost you, right? It's going to change some. He's going to have his ideas and what he wants to bring to it. How much of these decisions are playing out where it could potentially be like we could just make this record quicker, cheaper, maybe lesser quality as well, but it'll go because people want to hear melody and I want to rap. Like, do we feel like any of that's playing out? Hmm. Ty smirking like he's like he's <laughs> but like I love it. Those kind of questions come into the art form. We talk about the art in one way, but the same way we were talking about the charts is marketing. This stuff changes the style of music. Like trap is like it's a, it's a big reason that that's an entryway for a lot of artists because like I'm not saying it's easier, but it's definitely it's definitely more affordable. It's de- you know I just wonder how much thought goes behind it, like if it's an economic decision or just following the new standard that's been set. Like, Drake, Cuddy, got, we haven't talked about Kanye yet. Yeah, um, that's crazy. <laughs> right? Um, I mean, it's so massive and influential. Like, I'm wondering if it's more about, like, not mim- mimicking, but replicating what they've seen from those greats instead of saying... As successful art forms, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, 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 and acknowledging that as a new standard instead of oh, this is cheaper to make. And I may get proven wrong one day, but 
that cheaper to make the music type of fucking mindset. I don't know any of those songs that are gonna last as long as those Kanye songs that yeah. you know, he put it all in for. Well, I mean, that's a good point because when you think about it, I think that's why people start to get upset about genre. They feel like genre's diluting or breaking down because some of these songs, they're cheaper to make, they come out quicker, and it feels like it, right? Like it's capturing a moment or it's blending some ideas or it's mimicking some someone successful, but it's more like a Xerox than someone who's actually like making the thing. And like how much of the industry is supporting that idea of like, who cares? Like, let's just make a hit. Like we're not, we're not developing you over time. We're not working a lifetime artist here. Like we're... We're trying to capture the summer, and we'll find someone new next year, and the year after that, and the year after that. That's definitely happening. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> happening. That's what I'm saying. So, like, how much of genre actually is like it's it's supposed to be supported to actually like make something good? Like, when there's rules, I'm not saying like you should have rules in art, but sometimes creating within the confines of like that genre or art form makes the thing good, right? Like having restrictions. If you can make anything, does it always come out great? I don't know. I'm curious of how much um, things like streaming and technology changing has you guys feel like has affected genre, right? Like the ease of making music, number one, but also streaming, opening up the doors. Like I remember, um, I guess new music, what, used to drop on Tuesdays, yeah. right? So you'd go, it's, it sounds crazy to say that shit and people are <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But used to drop on Tuesdays, you'd go to the store and buy it and you'd literally go to the like rap section. It used to be a small section. You'd go and buy that stuff. Today's world you can look at the entirety of music created over the last like hundred years, like with just a quick search and the shit will halfway shuffle for you. So like how much of streaming do you think has affected genres blurring? Hmm. I'm asking cause you in charge of the charts, bro. You in charge of the list and there's a lot let's like minimize it. Let's, let's downplay it. <laughs> so let's, downplay. Let's, let's downplay it a little bit. Cause he wears the rap. But, 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 this man up. <laughs> no, but, but, most of the references that we've made so far predate streaming. We're talking about Cuddy. We're talking about streaming as we know it. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Cuddy. We're talking about Drake. We're talking about Kanye. Um, those ideas all existed between, like before Spotify was uh, top of mind as far as conversation or like the way we consume music. Like it was the blog era. So I, I don't know how much... I, so I think the sounds were already blurring before streaming, and I think there's a natural evolution that continued to happen. But I don't know that streaming was a catalyst for any of that because I think it was already taking place. How about on your end, right? Because, I mean, like, you're coming, in the, you're coming into the era where it's streaming is the way in which Billboard charts are uh, collected, categorized, measured. Do you have any, like... Do you have any insights? Do you think the streaming has like shifted it, diluted the genres, or has it just made it easier to the point where like there's no store you go to to buy music anymore? You know, like you just it just exists. There isn't even like a file you get no more. No file. It's just like in the air. I don't know. I just feel like there's been so much music that's come out. It's just like overconsumption. I feel like with streaming and with like all this digital access. I mean, it's gone to the point where like. I mean, different app, but like SoundCloud has its own technically genre of rap. Like we say SoundCloud rappers, you know what I mean? Like that didn't exist, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And so I just feel like when you have people like that coming up specifically in that era 
a lot of the production gets mimicked because it's like, okay, you see the song popping off. You want to try doing this. Like, I feel like you see the same shit. Like, you see trap drums and you have melodies. And now it's like, okay, now every song sounds like that. We don't know if it's rap. We don't know if it's R&B. Have you ever felt that? Like, have you ever felt pushback of people when you're like, yo, I'm an instrumentalist. I can sing. I can rap. I can- definitely felt it. I definitely felt it. But it goes back to what you said, just about a way your image is and how you look. Certain people just want to keep you in that box and don't want you to go other places and shit. It's fucked up, but, you know, may the strong survive, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, only, only, only two rappers have won best uh, album of the year at the Grammys, right? Mm-hmm. Lauryn Hill and Outkast. Lauryn Hill did it with an R&B album. I'm trying to remember if it was... I, I don't think it won best rap album. I think it won best R&B album. But the Love Below Speaker Box, Outkast, I think was still classified as a rap album. Speaker box, sure. The love below wasn't that. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So if you have half, like going back to Hanon's rule, like about like it's more than 50% of it in a certain genre, I feel like love below should have been acknowledged as something other than rap. And then I'm thinking about 808s. Where was it categorized when it came out? I, I, I vaguely remember Kanye, who should have the influence, right, to be slotted wherever he, wherever he feels. Yeah complaining about being put in a certain box for the album because it's not a rap album. Didn't yeah. we have that recently with Tyler? Was it Igor? Igor. And it no. won Best Rap. Yeah. And he was like, yo, like he had this whole speech afterwards where he was like, yo, I'm not, why do you guys even have me over there? It sucks that whenever we, and I mean guys that look like me, do anything that's genre bending or that's anything, they always put it in a rap or urban category which is, and I don't like that urban word, it's just a politically correct way to say the N-word to me. So when I hear that, I'm just like, why can't we just be in pop? Why can't it just, you know what I mean? So I felt like half of me feels like the the rap nomination was a backhanded compliment. Like, oh, uh, my little cousin wants to play the game, let's give him the unplugged controller so he could shut up and feel good about it. Tyler definitely wants to compete. He wants to be in those categories, he wants to win. And it has a reverse effect. It has the effect that makes it look like, like winning rap isn't as important, and it is. But I think for him, it was more like, y'all know this ain't a rap album. Why you put me over here? Like, if you had put me up against everyone else, would I have won? And what would that say about everyone else in those genres, right? I think what's also interesting is to look at Flower Boy. Because if you talk to indie kids, they'll say it's an indie album. I think it's valuable for us to claim something like Flower Boy because it, it reimagines the boundaries of what hip-hop can be. Mm-hmm. Like, it shouldn't be so restricted. It can't be just one thing, especially in 2022 or 2017 because that's when the album came out. Mm-hmm. So I think there is, I think going back to, I think you did ask that question, I think there is value in claiming certain things. Like, we shouldn't be restricted as a culture, as a mu- you know, as an art form. Like, oh, you, you can only be this. The second you step outside of it, you're something else. But it's like, are we claiming it as rap or is it just black music? You know, like, it's like, or even like working over urban, right? Or working over black music and any of these like um, uh, DSPs, labels, it's like, how much of it is like, how much of the rap tag are we just carrying because we, you know, it's black people? Yeah, I mean, I think we're heading towards those label potentially not mattering anymore. That's... I'm wondering that, and I'm also like, but when the labels don't matter, what's the future of rap? Like, where do we see like where do we see that going? What's the future of R and B? I mean, it's hard because I feel like when so many 
R&B up-and-comers, like, money long. I mean, it's, it's hard to call her an up-and-comer because she's been writing hits for, like, a decade. And you have a song like Hours and Hours. Oh, my God, she's resurrecting R&B. They said the same thing about Giveon. I listen to Baby Boo. Money's new single was Sweetie. That ain't, that's like a complete 180 from hours and hours. So it's hard, like, and I, I don't know what the label influence is there because sometimes you have a, you know, a dope smash like hours and hours. You get signed and you go completely different direction. You got a really dope artist hopping on your record. And then it's like, well, why are you saying you're the, you know, saving R&B when you got a bag and now it's not that. And I'm wondering, like, is that, is that them or is that us, you know? Like, and how much does that matter? Like, is genre dying or is the idea of a genre artist dying? With the money long thing, man, I think uh, she still is saving R&B. And that's just one song. Like, people can have different types of songs. It's like we named all, different, all these different artists, but she could come back with a full-on R&B at any time. Um, well, rap... I feel like uh, people got to, like, really stick to what rap is. Like I said, like, with the RZA and what he defined it as back then and, like, how we talked about Lauryn Hill and how she can really rap or she can really sing. It's not saying rap. So people got to, like, stick to that shit. Just like when Neo Soul was out, you could compare it to jazz, but it's not jazz, you know? So it's like people got to give this new sing rap the name sing rap or whatever the name is going to be. And we got to keep genre like a name somehow just so we know what to call shit, I guess. There's sing rap and there's melodic rap. Yeah. <laughs> there's really degrees of the whole thing. Yeah. And, and it feels like that's, again, like we have all these subgenres, right? And sometimes the subgenre can really live underneath the genre that it originates. And sometimes it kind of separates and like becomes its own thing, right? Like, we talked about, uh, like, SoundCloud rap. That's a genre, right? Like, sing rap. It's a genre. Melodic rap. This is a genre. Then there's all the other ones. Like, drill feels totally My different. Rap. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all those things matter. Um, is it that, maybe that's a good point. Is it that we need to, like, we need more genres? Like, it's super weird that we call so many things rap. Rap's like, what, almost, is it 50? Next year, 50. 50 years old. Like, what genres live that long and everything under it's been that, right? Like, usually, at some point, they pop off a new genre. Right. Yeah. And something like kind of stretches away from its origin and then has its own name. How much of that is us fighting to keep things, calling them rap? Like, should we have like, like trap is like the, like one of the, not the only things, one of the most prominent things that came out of rap. And it, it's obviously a, a child of rap, but it's its own thing. Yeah. You know? I, I think a lot of it is us, I mean, fighting for it because that's the tradition we're used to, right? Like we grew up with rap meaning a certain thing, sounding a certain way. And um, fighting for rap being a part of the tradition. Yeah, um, I think I think it, I, I'm of the mindset that you have to evolve, you have to carry tradition and evolve as well. You have to mix both. But in the 15 years when I'm doing something completely different, and someone else is doing this, and their entry point was Drake, Cuddy, 808s, they're not going to care as much. I don't know if they're going to invent a new label to categorize like the, the new offsprings, but I don't think they're going to care as much about something being hip hop, something being R&B, something being Afro beats. It's all going to be black music. I think they got to stop that though. Cause that's just like <laughs> the word urban, you mm. know, it's like, how do we like, how do we start rap to basically means black, you know? And that's, 
That's and me popping out and going somewhere and running into like a a random white dude from France in the gym and somebody else told him, oh, that's Ty Dolla and he doesn't know who that is. And he's like, oh, I heard you did music or you're a rapper? Automatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know. It's the chains, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but that's that's a lot of that's it. It's like <laughs> that's a lot of it, though, and that's what I was kind of trying to angle towards. Is like how much of that is us, like when we we like grab hold of an artists and like yo, we're like wrapping our arms around them and saying we support them, but it comes with the rules of like rap music and ultimately black music. Yeah, his rap was special, man. Like <laughs> yeah, and he, like hear the tone. His rap was special, but like. It's real. I know what you're saying. Yeah, because, like... I feel that way often. Right. Like, even you're saying Wu-Tang, like, people, like, yo, setting up your... Like, it's crazy to sit around and listen to rap songs, and there's an artist that's flirting with melody, but they're not really executing against it well, because that's not really their thing. They could spend more time working on, like, making a rap song really good, but that's not really their thing. And it's like, this thing lands, and it's cool because it's introducing new sounds, and it's something different, hybrid, but when we put it in rap, it fills up the rap bucket. And, there's, and then there's less rap in the rap bucket, you know? So, like, when I go to the store and I'm trying to buy that rap, like, if this was a real life and I was going to a store and buying a rap CD, would, I, would there be rap CDs? Be like four. <laughs> and, and it's like, so, does all the things we're talking about today hurt the future of rap music? Like, do we feel like rap's in jeopardy at all? Again, rap is done. Guys, we have to let it go. I don't. I feel like there's a lot of people that see what is the last hottest thing or what's in and like I could do that and they do what everybody's doing but just like how Money Long came out and everybody's like oh she's saving R&B there's a, a rapper out there that's like cooking up that may everybody may not know about him but he's gonna do that shit hopefully yeah you know, better <laughs> <laughs> I'm just surprised we haven't or seen she. someone that feels like the the evolution of what Drake and Kendrick were or are yet like I, I i'm still looking for that person right there's people who are more traditional uh lyricists or like uh, molded in that image but i just i can't i can't picture who the heir apparent is right now like who's gonna take this kind of music forward who's gonna who's gonna care about making album prestige rap so who's gonna that's kind of what I was asking because I think about um sometimes I get on the gram and there's so many like influences I'm like how many of y'all are supposed to be the doctor that fixed something but you like knock this is over you not you know what I mean like did we lose yeah. our doctor to TikTok like yeah. is this is it a rap <laughs> and the same with rappers like how many rappers would like exceed and excel in this field and like be the continuation but also like expand the genre improve on it be a phenomenal artist but they're they're doing the next hottest thing. Or, or they're on TikTok, you know. I don't know. But, like, is that... Are all these things threatening rap as a genre? I, I think they are. Um, I, I don't think rap as a genre is ever going to go away. Um, you still have, like, Freddie Gibbs, Griselda, right? There's been a resurgence of, like, lyricism um, as a niche movement that still is very meaningful. My concern is more about, is more about the place rap holds in the mainstream because there's a lot of rap like Coded a Friend right like mm. uh, you know Jid uh, is still ascending Corday. there's plenty of rappers yeah there's no superstar lyricist and that's always been think about it right you said hip hop is 50 years old when was the last time that the person we all agree was the best rapper 
not capable of rapping at an elite level. Can you say it again? When was the last time that the person we all agree was the best rapper out, right? The, the, the person at the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. Not rapping at an elite level. I think the answer is never. If we went back to Sugar Hill Gang mm-hmm. and went year by year and we all agreed on a person, they would check that box. Yeah, there's the best. Every single time. Yeah. So moving forward is going to be the first time someone becomes the biggest rapper, unless we find a lyricist somewhere, is going to be the first time we find someone who can't rap their ass off in a traditional sense. That's like at the top of the list that's sitting up there? The first time. We talked about the big three, first episode, right? Yeah. Tyler checks that box. Yeah. Love Lil Baby. Raps well in his own right. Doesn't quite fit that mold. Travis is another person we talked about. I can't praise Travis enough to try to deflate what I'm about to say, but if Travis becomes the guy, right, the next version of Drake, then it's the first time that the top guy... is not rapping, rapping. Yeah. Yeah. We've literally never had that. 49 years. It's yeah. never happened. Do you see anyone on the horizon? I mean, like, you're working in a world that's uh, R&B, rap, but pop, and it feels like pop... It feels crazy that this is also like a pop music. Like this is Yeah. I remember like laughing at people years ago. Like pop music's like just rap watching rap just defeat everybody. Like pop music's on its way out unless a rapper comes over and gets you hot. Uh like even those rock like those MTV era rock crossovers, like rap was like, nah, we gonna move you out the way too. This it's it feels like we're like in a pop world now. Yeah, no, I remember one time my editor was like, Can you build some pull? I forgot the question. It was kinda like who's like your favorite pop star right now? And it was like based off of like who is in the Hot 100 top 10. And she mentioned Megan Thee Stallion. I'm like, Megan Thee Stallion isn't a pop star. She's a rapper. And she's like, well, she's popular. She has a number one song. <laughs> so I'm like, so now that means you're pop? But even then, it's like pop having that energy to be able to like, yo, Why can't co- she be a pop star? claim her. Well, I'm saying like she doesn't make pop, like traditional pop music like a Taylor Swift or like, mm. you know, like she makes rap music. That's I, popular. To me, hip-hop is the new pop. But I think pop is back as pop. Like, I feel like pop is like, like you're saying, like, there's a... Uh, I don't even know how to pop. Mark. Why am I even front? Like, I know pop artists. But like... Olivia Rodrigo. Yo, or like, uh, <laughs> what is like, what we call, uh, like, yo, fucking Harry Styles. As like, it was. Harry Styles. It's like punishing people. This is a light year for Bieber. People are now starting to shift back that way. You're watching those R&B collabs happen. I think like rap, like Megan Stein to me is a rap artist that is mad popular and has pop star sensibilities in the way that she carries herself, right. but it's like a rapper. But like you're saying, I don't know if we have that like ultra lyricist that's going to sit at the top of the rap charts. We have rappers that are, that are popular. We have yeah. more and more of that. We have the Drakes, we have the Travis's rap, but Jason in the rap world, um, but they're not, we don't have the, we don't have that Kendrick, you know, that person that's like, I'm going to rap. Drake. Drake could rap his ass off. But we just got the dance album. And before that, it was, there was rap songs on CLB, but like he was in another bag that was like wildly entertaining and fun. He's going to bar us up soon. 9 a.m. at Ibiza, something. I mean, he gave you the the song with 21. Yeah. Literally at the end, like, yo, don't forget. He's literally at the end, like, don't forget. He loves rap too much to be done. But it just goes back to when they just try to keep you on one thing, man. Like, mm-hmm. I love that he did it like that and just said, 
here's the one for the people that just really need it, you know? But, <laughs> this is what I'm on right now. Shit. Hey, I'm going to take myself, myself out of it. Maybe it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> I remember the Jay-Z and Nas battle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the fact that Drake is the last superstar that really engaged in, in battle with Meek and, and, and with Pusha. So I have those memories I'm holding on to, right? Yeah. But if that's not what you came up on, Maybe you don't give a fuck. I wonder about the future of it, right? And, like, Jake, Drake has checked all the rap boxes, for sure. He's done it all, right? Um, and he's done, like, the pop sensibility. He's done a lot of the R&B space. But, yeah, like, it, even the way you said it, like, he gave you that one, like, damn, y'all niggas just can't get over rap. All right, <laughs> just just take this shit while I go, like, while I'm, I'm dancing in the club. So do we have predictions for rap as a genre? Do we see it rising back to the top? Do we see there's going to be super lyricists? Or are we, like, looking at a world where there's more sing rap? I'm I'm keeping a buck. I'm, I've been able to forecast my whole career. I don't know what the fuck is going on or where it's going, uh, but I do know that m music is cyclical, right? Think back of 2014. It was kind of a quiet year. YG was one of the biggest albums that year. J Cole came out at the end. Nicki, and then 2015 is the year where streaming really took off, and we went on that run. And 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 the Nielsen SoundScan report came out and said that rap was the number one genre in the U.S. for the first time in the history. It was weird to us because we've been influential for like 20 years, but in yeah. terms of consumption, it was the first time. You look at last year, it felt like the year of pop. Olivia Rodrigo, uh, I don't know who else came out, but I just remember the, the charts feeling completely different. I remember in 2020, I literally timed myself, and at the halfway mark, I looked at the number one song on the Hot 100, and 23 out of 26 weeks, it was a black artist that was number one. Not all rappers, but it was a black artist. When you look at the charts now, you see sprinkles of rap instead of, like, the charts being littered. But maybe it's cyclical, right? Maybe we need, the, like, we keep talking about Drake, Kendrick, Cuddy, all these people have been around over 10 years, so we need new people, not to tie it back to the big three, but we need new people to come in and lead the way and tell us where we're going. And I don't think we've found those people yet. And it doesn't sound like we think they're coming. Like you're saying, like if they grow up off music that isn't that, why, why would they make that? Well, it's a new thing. Someone's coming. Someone has to come. We just don't know Definitely who he is coming. yet. Someone's coming or someone we, we're already familiar with is going to either take a leap or undergo a transformation. We talked about... Wayne, we talked about Ross, we talked about people, even Tyler, let's talk about, like, Tyler started his career doing good music, but he'll be the first one to tell you his songs weren't that good then. Mm -hmm. For him to reach his peak, like, what, eight, nine years in? And decide to rap. It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. someone's either going to go undergo a transformation or take a leap, or someone completely new that we've never heard of that's going to come and say, guys, we're going that way. I feel like we feel like had like a sad tone, like rap's dying. But before we before we get out, I do want to ask you guys. Rap movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing films now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I can't have your docuseries coming soon. Yo, like what what are the what are the added benefits of blurring genres, right? Like I feel like we've talked about it as almost like it's a stain on like uh, what these genres mean and like the way that they're upheld over history and these pillars that we've come to understand and trust, why they're good to market artists under like a category, uh, what they mean to see like a culture continue on. Because like we're very much, just as like the culture of rap and R&B carry more than just the music, right? Like we know that. But what is the benefit of these genres blurring? Like just sitting in your seat and like having to write about them and watching these worlds intersect, like what do you think are the benefits of watching 
not even R&B and rap, just all these musical forms just arrive as this new thing? I think it's fire just because, you know, every time we talk about black music, you know, we're talking about R&B and hip hop, but like all music is black music. Like we started country music. We started dance music. Like I remember like post George Floyd when everyone was just posting up random graphics about niggas like on socials. And it was like black people invented this genre, this genre, but they don't keep that same energy, you know, not even two years later. Like you have Drake and Beyonce doing dance and you're like, well, they can't do that. Why not? Like... If we invented every genre, then why are we looking sideways at a Lil Nas X? Why are we fighting to pinpoint what Doja Cat is when she gets like so many nominations in R&B categories, but then people are saying she's a rapper, but then you hear a song like Say So and you're like, well, that's pop. At this point, it kind of doesn't matter. Mm. And I don't think it will matter going forward. Like... It's just too confusing at this point. It's fair. You smoked that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Ty, for you, I mean, you've been doing it uh, earlier than most people that are even, like, starting right now. To Like, how do I break these boundaries down? How have you seen the consideration of that change over time? And then, like, what do you feel like? What's the benefit of doing what you do? The ability to, like, switch and, and pivot? I've seen the consideration of Ben's genres uh, change over time. When I first was uh, doing my shit and got comfortable with my sound and what I wanted to do, they wouldn't fuck with no uh, singer slash, like, sing rap type. There was pushback. It was just hard to, like, get that sign. It wasn't nobody, like, fucking with that type of shit. And then now that's just, like, what it is. So I've definitely seen a change. And uh, Can you pinpoint when you feel like that change happened for you? Uh... And maybe the why? I mean, uh, why? Just because the shit was hot. And, of course, around when Tooted and Booty came out, it was like uh, I got accepted, you know, to just do what the fuck I do, which was the sing rap shit, and then got compared to this, got compared to that. But at the end of the day, I was in, you know? Mm. And um, before that, it was just super hard to just get somebody to hear it and like be like all right this is you know this is gonna work yeah so when we talk about uh the rap shit it's like whoever it is they just got to figure out how to make that hot you know (laughs) and it's possible and carl for you i mean like you dealing with that every week where it's like you're seeing like blurry blurry sounds where does this go where does this go what do you think is the biggest benefit of genres merging over time i agree with head on I'm not going to try and frame it like her because she's too eloquent. That was crazy. I was... Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to just pivot a little bit. <laughs> I, I think of two things. I think about, since this is rap caviar, I'm going to start in a rap context. I think rap needed to merge with R&B to become as big as it is. Mm. Um, if you look at the history, it started reaching bigger and bigger heights the more it took from R&B. Whether it's like that formula we... Became a cut. Exactly. Yeah. Like the, the, the R&B hook on the rap song, like that became like the, 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 the song that you're single or become, becoming more melodic overall. I think it made it more digestible for people, right? Yeah. Um, and I think when we're looking at the blending of genres, I think that the examples we have that were executed at a high level were some of the greatest music we've ever heard. If we talk about 808s, if we talk about The Love Below, 
I mean, it's some of the greatest albums in the history of our culture. So Facts. when executed at a high level, that's the benefit. You literally get the best music. Yeah. And those are extreme examples, but we talked in the green room yesterday about Kanye working with John Bryan. People yeah. don't have context into who John Bryan is. He used to work with Fiona Apple. That's blending genres on a more subtle level. So it sounds like the caveat is that you got to make good shit. <laughs> like that's it. We're having a lot of people that are blending genres now, and that used to be reserved for like the people that were like, "I know what I'm doing. I'm going to try and push it and make it good." It has to be good. Steve Lacey is good. Ty Dolla Sign is good. Uh, much respect to the legend, Little Wayne. When he was making the rock album, no one really took it seriously. It just wasn't executed at that level. Wayne did other things exceptionally well. That wasn't one of them. So, yeah, the caveat is it has to be good. You don't get points for experimenting. You get points for pulling it off. Damn, that's a fact. Yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> yeah, that was a word. Do you guys think the fans care? Like, how old are they? <laughs> that's a fair question like, that actually is a fair question like do you guys think the fans care because I feel like a lot of this argument comes from like rap rap purists um, I feel like I'm a rap purist do you feel like the, like the average fan do you think they care as much about these these genre lines including the average rap fan the average fan probably doesn't care but on some taste shit whoever this next artist that we expect to go crazy in the rap world you gotta care you know I hope we can marry the two. I hope we can keep expanding and going in the direction it's already going and preserve rap at a premium level. If you're in high school right now, you don't give a fuck. Nah. <laughs> if you're late 20s up, you might care. That's what I think. I don't know. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, nah. Like, not really. Like, I think, like, for me specifically, I feel like I grew up— I have immigrant parents from Ethiopia. So I have a whole eclectic blend of music that I've been listening to. And even, like, the parties that I pop up at, like, one's called Pangea. That's, like, the supercontinent that was North America, Africa, yeah. South America. Like, and they play all that kind of music. And it's a vibe. Like, you can hear French rap in, you know, one beat, and then the next beat, it's, like, on some Afrobeat shit. Like, I feel like I don't really care. I don't see it in my peers. But also, I'm, like, 25. So, <laughs> said, yeah, so I, don't I grew up listening to, like, the 808s. So when, like, what Carl was saying, like, when that's, like, your foundation, you can't be like, well, that's rap, like, to a T. No, it's not. You're already, like, growing up on blended shit. So how would you care going forward? Oh, this is rap, 100%. You just want it to be good. Right. It has to be good. That's it. That's the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is not an easy conversation to have. It's hard, but genre is yeah. super open-ended. It's super yeah, calm. Really all right. not easy. I was, like, like, <laughs> I was like, it's tough. I had no clue where I was going. All right, guys, that's it for the Rap Caviar Podcast. Make sure you follow for more. Uh, see you guys next week. Peace. <laughs> Adam said, let's do it again, Jinx, with a little more confidence. <laughs> Yo. That's Producer crazy. Adam. That's crazy. Uh, keep that on the, on the episode. All right.